0: Hi, I just wanted to quickly talk to you about the number one recall problem that I see dogs for, really. So I just wanted to quickly explain that actually this particular problem is not to do with recall as such. It's to do with the type of reactivity. As you probably know recall if you're teaching your dog recall it's kind of built up in layers so you get your dog to come to you in the house in the garden then an empty field a field of dogs on the horizon a bit busier you know you layer it up over time so that your dog learns that this keyword comes back to you straight away and there's no other options but the one thing that i see dogs for and they tend to be kind of young dogs but not really puppies so kind of a year to 18 months and the thing that the owners always tell me is he's got absolutely fantastic recall when there's no one around as soon as there's dogs or people some dogs kind of like want to see people then there's a problem and he won't come back or he might go to the dog and then come back you know i.e he really wants to go and see that dog do a meet and greet and he's very excited and wants to do that thing now what i I usually, you know, yeah, I've got a kind of clear picture in my head and then I go there. And really what I want to know from there is, does your dog get excited when it sees these triggers just on a lead? So is it trying to pull towards the dog, another dog in any way, you know? And most of the time they're not just pulling, they're going crazy. They're really excited. They're really happy. It's party time. It's Disneyland. There's another dog. Let's go sit. If that's happening with your recall, if you're one of these people that like it's got fantastic recall if no one's around, but we add this trigger and it's a problem, then you don't have to work on recall. That isn't your problem. What you have to work on is calming your dog down with these triggers. So forget the recall at this point in time. You can keep doing it, you know, if you want to in empty fields and stuff like that, but that's not going to help you. Your next step needs to be... We're going to a dog park and we're just going to have him on a lead where there's going to be lots of different dogs around and we're going to practice focus work. Your dog needs to view these triggers, whatever it is. And you could you could apply the same with kind of squirrels and rabbits. It's a bit harder because, you know, they're not as around and they're not as in- controlled as people and dogs. But you want to teach your dog that basically they're boring. Now, it doesn't sound very fun, obviously. You know, we want our dogs really in idyllic care to meet friends and everyone has a play but it's not really like that, you know, they're a bit like us, we don't see a person, we're like, hey, let's be best friends, it takes time to make a friendship, dogs are the same, Um, and your young dog needs to realise this as well, and the only way to teach him, um, unfortunately, you know, some people say, oh, I hope he gets kind of told off by other dogs and stuff like that, not a lot of dogs want to be put in that position, Um, and if they are dogs that are going to tell dogs off, they often go way too far, you know, and you don't want that for your dog, you don't want an extreme reaction, So moving on from this, once you've deduced that actually it isn't your dog's recall that's the problem, i.e. if there's nothing around, he comes back straight away and that's fine. And that actually it's the triggers with dogs that's the problem. That's what needs to be worked on. Right. So... You can do recall at the same time that's fine but really what you need is a completely different set of rules and really different set of equipment so like recall you use a long line for dog reactivity you need a lead anywhere anywhere between kind of like six to ten foot kind of lead because it's good to have it kind of long when you want to but you can rope it back in and make it short if you need to so that's really what you want to be thinking about instead um And the best way to do it is exercise your dog first. The less energy your dog has, then the less energy he has to kind of argue with you if, if you like if you want to put it that way if you just do this exercise and your dog is full of energy you're going to find it much harder because your dog's cup of energy is completely full and he's going to use all of that energy against you which you don't want you want a dog that when you tell them ignore that dog after a couple of times they're like actually yeah i will ignore the dog because i'm absolutely drained from our long line session earlier and i can't be bothered you don't want a dog that's like no i'm full of beans and i'm just going to keep fighting you and arguing you because that's way too exciting and i've got too much energy so do make sure you exercise your dog first and you've got to do it depending on the breed so some dogs i mean some dogs are so tiny that just walking to a park is enough exercise right a 15 minute walk on a lee is enough to drain them a bit and then they can start working on reactivity something like a miniature dachshund um or something like a german shepherd or a husky needs probably like half an hour of long line sometimes with a backpack as well, just to tie them out, just so that you've got something to work with. And idea ideally, or off-lead again if it's safe, you would just be zigzagging along and making sure your dog's getting loads of exercise, loads of running around, not going to a field, doing the perimeter of the field. So your dog is just sniffing and, and mildly wandering around. That's not what you want. You want to get that energy up. I've done another, I've done a TikTok video on how to get the energy up if you want to go and check that out. It's very um, simple and explains what I mean by that, if you're finding it hard to visualise. So when you've done that, then what you do, the best thing to do after that is to head to somewhere where there are going to be dogs. So, I mean, I use the word dog park because I'm in England. And they're not actually dog parks. They're just parks. And most people who use them are dog owners. Right. But anywhere anywhere that basically normally you'd avoid because it's hell for you but you want to go there because you don't want to do this on streets or you don't want to kind of guess if there's going to be a dog you want to be able to control the environment so you need to go somewhere where there's definitely dogs but you're not going to go around for a walk you're going to hang around in the car park Um, there are two reasons for this one People arriving and coming back are going to be in the car park. It's going to have much heavier traffic than just wandering aimlessly in a field and hoping to find someone. You're much more likely to see dogs in the dog in the car park and also they're almost always going to be on lead which is good for you because you can control the situation. You don't again want to be in the middle of the field and a dog comes flying up because if a dog comes flying up and your dog gets excited. There's no point in even trying to train at this point. If your dog's aggressive, it's dangerous. Now you need to get out of there. If your dog's just overexcited, you don't need to get out of there. But basically, there's no point in trying to train him or control him or get his attention because it won't work. So you need to do it at a distance. So use a car park, find where there's going to be people coming in and out and stay at a distance. Use the cars. So cars are quite good because you can hide behind them if you need to uh, and pop out when you don't. Try not to hide behind a car that someone's actually coming towards and it's their car that they're going to get their dog jumping in. That's not what you want. You just want to use it as a barrier because this is what you do, right? If your dog is too excited that it cannot listen, you need to get its eyes off the other dog in order to calm down. You cannot calm a dog down while it's still staring at another dog. And cars are the obvious way. You can use anything. I know I've used bins before and stuff like that, but cars are quite a good one, especially with larger dogs. Just go there settle them down, don't be angry, don't talk, just wait there, Um, have a loose lead, if the dog pulls in any direction, just gently pull it back and again, loose, so it's on-off, 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 Block its path, don't let it push past you. When it's calmed down a bit, get your treats out again, You know, and and wave it in front of its face, and do all that, get its attention. And then guide it slowly. So you go backwards, so you're walking backwards with your dog in front of you, slowly creeping out the door, the car, and the moment it sees another dog, then you get its attention. If you can't get its attention... Because it's too excited, it might mean you're too close, so you might need a further distance. But if if not, if you're like, oh, it's just a mistake, then push your dog back so it can't see again. You need to just repeat this in and out, in and out slowly until your dog can be completely in the middle of the car park or area. Obviously, where it's safe, don't get run over. So that it sees dogs at a distance milling around and you can just get its attention whenever you want. Please use high-value food. Don't really bother with biscuits and that because it's just going to take too long. Use something like chicken, cheese, bacon, hot dog, sausage, whatever he's not allergic to, of course, because it's going to be much more high-value. If your dog's not motivated by food, it's almost always because they're fed to a high-value food at home, like raw, or you graze-feed them so they're getting it all the time. You need to address those two areas which I'm not going to do a podcast on now because i can do a separate one and go into more depth about it. But all animals are motivated by food because it's a primal instinct to survive. So food's the best motivator. Occasionally, with a dog like a Rottie, I have use a toy, um, but that's really up to you. It it is harder because now you've got to have this huge rope toy, but that can be fun as well, right? The dog looks at you and you have a little game of tug. But I prefer food because it's much easier to carry around The dog eats it and it's gone. You don't have to remove the toy from the dog, which it might see as a a negative, to be honest, as well. So you've got to be doing all these things. And yes, so basically it's kind of in, out, in, out, and the dog's calmer and he can listen and he can come full view in, in the view of these dogs. And then really he's got to learn to focus on you while this is happening around him biggest tip really is to stand in between your dog and the other dog so the other dog is harder to look at that's where you want to well you want to start with the car you want to pop in and out when the dog's got the hang of it then you want to be in your next position which is a full block on your dog If he darts around you with his head, you have to block him by literally stepping sideways to block. You've got the lead as well, but the lead is only a guide. The lead should be relaxed all the time unless he steps out of line and then you just use it to pull him back to where he was. That's all. That's all you need to do. And then when he looks up at you, you hey, good boy, give him a treat. That's what needs to happen. When he can do that, then you step out of the way. You don't go behind him. He's not ready for that yet. You just go to the side and if he takes a step, that's not allowed. Okay, he needs permission to make decisions because at the moment he's making bad decisions. He gets too excited. So he cannot step forward without your permission. So if you if you get out of the way and he steps forwards, you step into him and you push him back to where he was and ask him to sit again or stand. It doesn't matter, but he can't take a step without you saying. So just pop him back where he was. If he gets too excited, you know, sometimes it's higher energy dogs. Different dogs have different triggers. Pop him back behind the car, calm him down. You want to spend about half an hour doing this, really, to get somewhere you can spend longer. Obviously, when I go and do my sessions, we're spending somewhere around two hours doing it, potentially. But you don't need to spend that long. That's just so that I can I work with the dog, then I work with the owner, then we might have some breaks, then we might have some chat. So it has to be two hours, otherwise we would not get anywhere. But you don't have to do this as long as you're getting into routine. You can do it every day, you can do it twice a day, or you can just do it kind of like three or four times a week. All of that will help your dog progress, essentially. That's what you want. As long as there's progress being achieved, this is the best way to do it. And you need to do it stationary. When you are moving, especially moving towards an oncoming dog, this is going to be the hardest point. So obviously, this is a much more staged situation. What you might find um, is, you know, walking to the park. I walk to the park to wear them out, and sometimes there's dogs along the way. That's very difficult. But what you need to do is basically make some space. This can mean crossing the road, going down a junction or hiding behind a parked car. What you don't want is your dog going absolutely lally while the other dog is passing within a foot from you. Because it's, it's never going to work. The dog is getting excited, which means you are failing on your program. Every time you fail, you take steps back. So you just create space until your dog is ready for this level. It's quite a hard level. Your dog needs to be pretty relaxed in a park. And be moving it apart before it can cope with the oncoming very narrow pathways head on head that's just maximum excitement for a dog and all dogs struggle with that in their programs so yeah so you start with that foot car block full block half block then you can be a bit further away from the dog this is why it's good to have like a six or ten foot lead you can do it full stretch Your dog shouldn't be really that interested by this stage if you trust him that much. And then you can start moving. So you start moving along. And then, again, depends on your dog's reaction. If your dog has a strong reaction, you've got to go from moving along to literally doing a full block on the dog. Because as soon as he's pricked his ears up, you've got to intervene. Now, like I said, it depends on your dog's reaction. So if it's like he's really, really excited you've got to get in front of him and literally block his path. Especially if he's a big dog, you'll never do it on a collar or a harness. You've got to block him with your body. If his reaction is a lot less, which it should be if you're walking forwards, you should have deduced, ah, he's getting the hang of this, we can now walk forwards. Then really all he should need is like a light touch on the collar with the lead. You know, so the lead is loose, he shouldn't be pulling. You've got to work on that if he is because... uh, if you think about it he's pulling and he's full stretched you've got nowhere to go with that you can't reel him in you can't give him a touch on the collar which you should acknowledge because he's already pulling against it so you've got to work on pulling first before this if he does pull but really you should be on nice lewd lead he pricks his ears up at a dog you give a little twitch on the on the collar which is either if it's a dog kind of like a spaniel size and smaller you can literally just twitch your fingers that's just an, a bit like if you've ever been riding and you you know, you twitch the reins on the horse's mouth. It's like that. It's very, very light, just to remind him, "Hey, I'm here. Don't get silly." um If it's a big dog, you're going to need to tug. Yeah, you're going to need to kind of tug him out, especially things like mastiffs, because they do tend to ignore you and they're in their own planet, and it can be hard to persuade them to get out of their own planet. They're not that sensitive to things like this. So it's just a tug, and then goes back to relax. If if they ignore that tug, whether it's a little dog or big dog, then you get in between. It's like, "Hey, look at me." And then you've got to deduce what you do from there. Does he switch off or is he still interested in the dog? If he switches off, you can carry on. Obviously, give him a treat for looking at you. Carry on. If you're like, no, he's peppering up because the other dog's coming closer. So he may not be ready for this distance. If that's the case, you stay in a full block or you move him slightly further away and then stay in a full block. You know, So if the dog is like, oh, I can see where they're coming. They're going to come right past. Let's just move off the path. Come over here and do a full block here and work here. If it's like, no, they're not they're not coming any closer, then we can just stay put. We can stay where we, where we are, making sure that you are blocking the dog, and when he's calm, you're unblocking so he can keep seeing. So basically, it's kind of like switching him on and off all the time. Yeah, and you're never letting him go over the top, over the limit. When dogs are kind of, if you think of those as levels in their excitement, like 1 to 10, you can't really work with anything over 8. You just can't. There's no point... The techniques you'd have to use are so harsh, like e-collars and prong, for that kind of level. So the way we get away with not using e-collars and prong is we keep the dog at very low levels, like around kind of like five, six max. Ideally, you know, three is my ideal, to be honest, which is just an ear prick. An ear prick and maybe a chest thrust. That's enough. For me, that's enough. It's like, all right, I'm shutting you down there. Calm down. We're not moving forward with that attitude. Calm right down and refocus on me. If you are slow to respond, then your dog is going to go up those levels quite rapidly and then you're going to find yourself in a fight situation where the dog's jumping around. Even if they're not aggressive, they're jumping around, they're pushing you out the way. And it doesn't matter if you say no or whatever because they're too far gone. The best thing you can hope for in that situation is just to get out of there. Again, don't talk to him. Just lead him out as calmly as you can and reset. You are going to make mistakes with this program because you can't control everything about the environment. But this is why I like to say stay in car parks, because most of the dogs are on leave, not off. But that's what basically needs to happen. Keep your dog calm and, and low key, not this manic, you know, state. Don't try. It doesn't matter what program you use, whether it's anxiety or resource guarding or recall or pulling. Once your dog gets to those levels, don't try and work with them. Calm them down first and start again. That's the best bet. Otherwise, you're going to have to use, you know, other techniques to get through to them because they can't, they can't feel anything. They're too far gone. Um, Some questions that people throw at me with this is my dog plays with other dogs or does daycare with other dogs. What should I do? Is this good? Is this bad? It kind of, it can be difficult. So it is that, I always say, an individual case, really? Basically, yeah, if your dog is spending lots of time with other dogs and it's just pure excitement and playing, then yeah, that is how he's going to see dogs, you know, forevermore, which isn't natural. It's not right. But if it's like, no, we have a friend and we see them once a week and actually they play well and then they separate and then they walk together and they might play a bit, that's more normal. Dogs are constantly playing is actually not normal. Usually when dogs are constantly playing, it's competing. To be honest, it isn't play. They would never play for an entire walk. Um, they kind of they're wandering in and out someone might start a game and they either say yes or they they don't bother so you've got to really look at what's happening but if you're spending every single walk and your dog's playing madly with other dogs then yeah that's what they'll do right because they're practicing that whatever they're practicing they're becoming if they're practicing being calm around dogs they'll be calm around them if they're practicing being mad around dogs they'll be mad around them and again that depends on you as an owner what you want it's not really acceptable to have a dog that's off awfully rushing around every single dog uh, with no recall. So I highly recommend that you do do this program and you are strict at it. I don't I'm not looking for dogs just to be kind of robots. And it's like they're not allowed any friends and they're not allowed to greet dogs. They are. But really, I like to eradicate everything. So I take all strip it all down and start a new foundation. We're calm with all dogs. This is your mate. You can play with him or whatever. But it's done in a controlled way and, you know, the majority of the time we're actually training and we're being calm. And over time, as long as it's controlled when he meets his mate, it should he should start associating actually with most dogs I'm sensible. And this is my friend that I'm Larry with. Again, daycare. Daycare is a very different situation. You kind of have to describe the daycare because they're all different. Some are just the dogs are playing madly all day, every day, which, again, that's not normal. Dogs relax and they sleep most of the day, to be honest. Um, And some are like, no, they're segregated and they have a walk and they have playtime. And if we see it getting too much or whatever, we separate um, and they spend the majority of time sleeping. That's more normal. So really look at that situation, that scenario. Um, But that's an add on. That's really an add on. The main thing will be with you, you training your dog to be calm around dogs. That is just the bottom line. So making sure you stop one behavior, i.e. the excitement, You you have to physically stop it with a lead a bit like recall physically stop the dog running away and then we start a new one so we start sit and look at me because it's very easy most dogs know sit it's very easy for them to look at you if you wanted you could do another one you know like lie down but I think it makes it too complicated it's much easier for a dog just to learn a whole new you know thing something simple instead of nothing at all so I don't like saying no you can't see that dog and now i expect you to do nothing at all that's much harder for adults to grasp then it's like right i don't want you doing that but i love it when you do this i use sit because like i said it's easy for them they I all rely on, i rely on it a lot um, and they know it they don't have to though if they're not going to sit then i don't kind of get annoyed with them or make them sit in the wet ground or whatever it's like look at me as fine too it just depends it really depends on each scenario because, again, sitting isn't necessarily a natural behaviour, right? So it's not something that needs to be encouraged, but it can make it easier for some dogs to understand where you're coming from. And that's essentially it. I've done a little TikTok on that as well. And there's loads, actually, of TikTok videos of me working with dogs that are reactive and the owners working with reactive dogs. So if you want a visual on it, if you like to, I have got a clue what you're on about, go and check out the TikTok. It's, I think it's, it's either fawn dog or fawn on dog one-to-one dog training. And It's there, it's got lots of stuff going on where you can literally see the blocking and see the timing and things like that. Some of it's owners, some of it's me. Um, and and yeah, so check that out. I do one-to-one home visits in the southeast and telephone consultations as well. So, yeah, if you want to book in, just check out the site for one dog one to one dog if you're interested um, in more videos or stuff that I do, I am on TikTok. I usually put my TikTok videos also on Facebook and Instagram, so just search Fawn Dog for those. And the main website is fawn dog one to one at Thanks for listening, guys.